Hello, everyone, and welcome to Train to Endure, a dialogue around the interconnection between faith, sport, and life. I'm your co-host, Abby Kruger. And I'm your other co-host, Matt Margarone. The subject of our podcast today is identity, and we will be hearing from Brennan Beyer, a former NFL player and currently is going to serve in sports ministry with his wife, Nikki, in Southeast Asia. I'm so excited for our conversation and dialogue today um, with Brennan Beyer about identity. Um, Identity is defined as the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. When we think about that word in relationship and that definition in relationship to sports and life and faith, it brings up a lot of interesting conversations. Uh, We talk about this word identity all the time. Uh, It gets thrown around so quickly and easily. But do we really understand what it means? Do we really dive in to the depths of how it plays out uh, when we get out onto the athletic field? And so that's our hope today uh, to kind of dig in with that. Yeah, and as Matt mentioned, today we're hearing from Brennan, which I'm super excited to have Brennan on today. I've gotten to know him and his wife, Nikki, over the past few years, and they've become good friends to me. Um, So yeah, I'm super excited to hear more about his story and just get into what this idea of identity looks like practically uh, for us as athletes. So Brennan, thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, Matt, Abby, thanks for having me. Um, As Matt mentioned, Brennan um, is a former football player for Michigan and Baltimore Ravens outside linebacker. Um, So Brennan, could you just start us off by just giving a little bit of an overview of your story as it relates to sports? Yeah, so I I, uh, started playing football when I was eight years old and actually had a terrible year. I got uh, picked on by the older kids and quit, but thankfully tried it one more time and uh yeah I'd played it ever since um I grew up on the east side of Michigan and played at Plymouth High School and um just out of the blue um Michigan called me one day I really hadn't heard much about football I had wanted to play in college but uh Michigan just called uh the head coach and I almost, I thought it was a prank at first I thought one of my friends was messing with me but It was him, and he said, I've seen your film, and you have a full-ride scholarship to play here, and uh, yeah, we'll have you out this next weekend. And I almost dropped the phone. My family, uh, well, when I I told them, they didn't really believe it either, but we just, we gave a Thanksgiving prayer and sang Hail to the Victors and started jumping around our house, but (laughs) I I had grown up dreaming about playing at Michigan, and yeah, had four years to to play there, got an opportunity to play early. and then towards the end of those four years, too, realized that there was a chance I could play at the next level and uh, got picked up by the Ravens as a free agent after my senior year, tried out with them and fought my way to the practice squad for that first year, dealt with some injuries. But uh, my second year finally got to, to play in my first NFL game. And going into my third year, I got I got hurt. I got released and decided it was time to, to be done with football. Great. Um yeah, so could you just share a little bit more about uh, how faith has played into your story, maybe specifically relating to athletics, um, and even how that has brought you to where you're headed out this year and what you're doing today? 
Yeah, uh, man, faith was always the most important thing with my family. Um, I grew up learning about Jesus at a, a very young age and what he had done for me. Um, but in high school, I, I think uh, I just my faith was something my family did, but it wasn't as personal. Um, I wasn't really walking with Jesus and I didn't have as much of a personal relationship with him. And uh, it was actually through getting this scholarship to Michigan that uh, it was just so clear God was calling me to a greater purpose than those few years of high school had had given me. And, and not like sports aside, just a greater purpose of knowing him, loving him, following him, um, and, and just yes, yeah, serving him with, with my life. And he just made that very clear through this opportunity to play football. So I went into college with you know excitement to play football, but just a... a desperation to to know Jesus more to really follow him and uh yeah college was four years of of that I got involved in a athletic ministry and I uh, had cool community around and uh yeah it was four awesome years of growth and then going to the Ravens was uh another really cool opportunity I think in my faith it was really hard because uh it was pretty lonely a lot of you know friends were coming in and out it was hard to find community um and I just realized, yeah, how uh, how I just needed to be so rooted in, in Christ. Um, and so, I, yeah, a lot of growing in those few years with the Ravens as well. Um, and it was just clear that God had, had given me some of these opportunities to, um, yeah, to serve him with, with my talents, with my gifts, with my, with my time and in cool ways through sport. So, yeah, that's awesome just to hear about. Yeah, how faith has played such a significant role, um, specifically related to your athletic journey. Um, so could you maybe just share a little more about um, what that's led you and Nikki to what you guys are doing today and how sports and faith have played a role in that? Yeah, so we uh, we ended up taking a trip to East Asia. And while there, God just so clear, clearly and powerfully called us to, to go back and and share in a place where um, not many people know Jesus or have people to tell them about Jesus. And uh, yeah, we found this this awesome sport ministry there that uses sport to to build relationships with people, especially in a in a closed country. It's an awesome way to to really get to know someone, to bond with them, and to be able to just share. And uh, yeah, just looking back on, on my life, it was as if God, you know, gifted me with these abilities. Um, not you know sports is so much bringing about glory to to your name or your team or winning he just it was clear that he was doing this so that i could give um glory to him to his name and uh, we'll be serving doing a lot of sport ministry over there um it's just so cool using some of the gifts and talents god's given me um to be able to, to further share jesus with other people and point people towards him through through sport which he's yeah given me the ability to do it's crazy to think about that phone call all those years ago, 17, 18 year old kid thinking it's a prank and dro dropping the phone. That's a hilarious story, you know, coming out of the blue. And now God's using that journey uh, from a young kid where faith was important in your family to 
my gosh, I'm growing. My body's getting to the place where I could play this sport at that next level. And then God uses all that. And I was still using that. You found, um, and you haven't talked about this yet, but knowing your story, you found your wife through that at the University of Michigan. uh, And now you guys together are serving. What a cool kind of way that the Lord works through sport um, and is now using that in your journey, which is kind of really cool. Well, Brennan, uh, as we kind of talk about this idea of identity, um, I'm sure for you, uh, as a Division One athlete during that time specifically, maybe we'll start there, uh, there are a lot of things competing for your identity, relationships, academics, your future career vocation in the NFL or coaching or all different sorts of things. Um, and even putting our identity in how well we um, play on the field or um, in other places of our life. So as we talk about that, what, what are some of your thoughts in misplaced identity? When we put our identity in um, those things versus our identity in what God says about us? Yeah, I think uh, misplaced identity is so one just so common in in our world with just everyone, but even even more so in, in athletics because uh, athletics just it uh yeah it so demands and, and pulls and um, it's such a you know the the better you are the the more playing time you get the better coaching praise you get um, the more people take notice everything just pours into it. this is who you are. This is what makes you valuable. Like I even remember just, you know, friends, you know, oh, this is Brennan. He plays football at Michigan or, hey, how's football going? And that's not bad, but it just subtly reaffirms this. Oh, this is who I am. Um, when, when, yeah, that's just that's just not true. But but sports, it is so easy to get in that mindset. Um, and I think that the platform people put sports on, especially in our country, too, is just another easy way that that, that becomes um, people's identity, um, as you define it, like what a person or thing is. And uh, yeah, that's just so tough because sports has let me down. It's It lets everyone down, you know, whether that's way down the road or not. Um, and, and even the greatest, you know, um, LeBron just won a championship. It fades so fast. Next year's coming already. You have to win another one. You, there, you can just never fully achieve full satisfaction and identity of sport. Um, yeah, God didn't design us to, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think as Christians, we it's just so easy to get pulled away um, from our true identity. And I can talk a little bit more about that, but experience some of that, too, in, in college. Um, yeah, we can talk about that, too, just my experiences with that, if you want. Sure, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear that. I, I think what you said is, is so... Uh, interesting. There's always something more. There's always something more. And and what I loved about what you were saying is, and I saw it even in your face as you were talking, I am more than just a football player. I am more than just a football player. And that's such an interesting thing that people, people project onto you when they introduce you. Hey, this is Brennan. Even when we started this podcast, we introduced you as a football player. Um, what does that subtly do to someone? What does that subtly say? What is that? How does that play out in their days and nights? We define ourselves then by our performance in that, whether we do well or not. And then we are defining how well we're loved, how well we're valued, and we put our worth in our days. And I, I wonder if that even affects our emotions, our mental health, our spiritual health. 
Yeah, I'd say absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and that's just, you know, whether people mean it or not, but it's just such a, it's a cool thing, right? Sports have such a pull that it becomes uh, the thing that people talk about so much. And yeah, I think emotionally, uh, spiritually, you know, mental health wise, like uh, as soon as sports starts to fade or, you know, you, you mess up, you make a mistake, you have a bad game, bad practice, any anything that comes up and causes a little, a little friction there. Um, yeah, if that's your identity, you lose sight of who you are. You're left wondering, like, do I have worth? Am I valuable? Do people care about me? If this were gone or not, since I had a bad day, you know, like what what's left that someone would want or value or cherish? Um, and I don't know if we always think about that when it happens, but I think that leaves us. And yeah, and, and can be pretty, pretty tough spots at times, especially as athletes and uh, a lot of times our response is, well, I'm just going to train harder, put my head down, fix it, do better. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we should always try to be the best that we can in our sport. But the truth is we miss out on such a freedom that God intended us to have as, as Christians. And um, I just I remember even from my first game at Michigan as a true freshman, my first game ever going out in the big house, like dream come true. Don't even know what to think about it. And I, I got the. Uh, start basically 50-50 with this other guy and I went out and played the worst game I've ever had in my life I got the coach ripped into me on national television like my friends were all like man they were just beating you down the announce you know just bad game um that was an identity check for me uh all these high hopes absolutely shattered um I just remember going home and, and opening my bible and just saying well, like football, yeah, football's let me down, Lord, like, this is tough, um, and, and just connecting with him and, and who he says I am, um, that, that was so needed, and I, and I bounced back well, I, I said, I'm going to give it all I got tomorrow at practice, and um, it just really helped me, falling back on that rock instead of that, just being totally gone after that first game. Yeah, I'd love to just hear both your guys' thoughts on, um, like you said, Brennan, who the Lord says who you are is your identity. And just like, what does that actually mean? What does that look like um, to find our identity in Christ? What are the identity statements we're given as believers? And how can we live into that and then apply it to things like sport? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for, for those who yeah, are followers of Christ, who call on his name, um, and are saved by him. Yeah, I was actually, a couple days ago, I was reading Colossians, and this verse just stuck out. Um, Colossians 1.22, and it just says, Yet now he has reconciled you, to, reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ and his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Um, yeah, that's, that's who we are. You know, the Bible says we are children of God. We are his heirs. And it doesn't even stop there. Like we are in, he brings us into his presence. We are holy and blameless, not just on days where we're feeling spiritual when we did something good. You know, days where we mess up, our worst days, God sees us as blameless, as holy, and we are in his presence. And it's not because of what we've done, which is hard as athletes to, to think about. We earn everything, right? Every second of playing time. Um, it's nothing we've done. It's all on Jesus. And so that's our identity. It cannot be shaken. No one can take that away from us in this world or in death. You know, nothing can separate us from that identity that we have in Christ. 
Um, and when we fall back on that, that that is where all of our value stems from. You know, sports are a fun way, an awesome way to, to worship the Lord, um, to use our gifts and stewards to, to bring glory to his name, not our own. But it is not where we receive um, value and identity that comes solely from the Lord. So, you know, whether you have an awesome game, a bad game, you are always in the presence of Jesus. He is always our, our father. We're always his children. I just love how like nothing changes that. And any athlete at the end of a game, at the end of a race, at the end of a match is always looking for that thing that they can improve on and do better. Um, I think sometimes we have this picture that God is up there after we do things and it says, here's what you can do better. And instead, God is saying, I love watching you play. I love that you did that. Um, God as father looks down at us differently than maybe us as fathers, as me as a dad sometimes. I even have to remember that with my own kids. I am just celebrating that you played today and I love you. In John, um, the disciple John uh, referred to himself in the, the book he wrote, the Gospel of John, as the beloved disciple. Uh, never used his name, John. He always said, I am the one whom Jesus loves. What if that was our core identity? What if that's what we were? That we really lived into that fact that we are human beings, not human doings. Um, that our performance doesn't base um, where we find our worth in. Yeah, and I love what you're saying too, Brennan, just there is a birthright we're given as believers in Christ. Like when, from the moment we're saved, it is no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. And we are given the birthright of Christ. Like we are his beloved, we are co-heirs, we are temples of the Holy Spirit and on and on. And th- yeah, those things can't, can't be taken away that is the core of who we are and yeah i was thinking also about brennan your uh (laughs) that idea of that first big game running into the big house you're getting time you're so amped up excited and you know I played sports. I didn't play in front of a hundred some thousand people on national TV audience where the commentators are critiquing me um, and the coach is ripping and they get a close up. You know, I can imagine the scene, right? <laughs> um, th- there's got to be another level of intensity to that, another level of exposure and another level of that happens. And we, I don't know if we talk about that enough for high level athletes is especially in a social media world, what that does to mental health, um, to the psyche. Um, there's this quote by Lecrae that I love. Um, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. And I think that's an interesting idea when we think of identity. If you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. What do you guys think about that quote? Yeah, yeah, that's just so true. Um, Especially, especially like media and and just fans and sport, right? Like it can be so up and down. I remember, um, you know, you, you made a play to win a game and it's like just, praise from everyone and it's just so easy to be like oh this is great this feels good you know uh got a roughing the passer and a very late fourth quarter run almost lost the game and got some serious hate from even people i knew 
uh, just how quickly that fades. Mm. It was just so easy to see. Like, yeah, like you're ne- you're never gonna um, be satisfied and secure on on other people and and how they praise or, or don't praise you. Mm-hmm. I think that's just so amplified in the realm of athletics because everything you do on the field does have an impact. So, yeah, it's you're constantly seeking acceptance from coach, from your teammates, people watching, hundreds of thousands of people watching even. And, yeah, I think it's just so amplified in that setting. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so I think it'd be really interesting to hear just how as you began began that process of like deepening your identity in the Lord, like how did that play out in in athletics and how did you even see a shift like in your performance or even just how you approached sport in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it was definitely helpful that my sport was not the highest thing in my life, right? Um, you know, sport was an awesome way, like I said, that I could worship God. I could use the gifts and be a steward of what he's given me um, to go all out. Like, I think Christian athletes should be like the hardest workers because we're serving God with our sport. We're worshiping and, and playing for him, not just the coach, not just for ourselves, our family. Um, and so that was just an awesome way that I could go as, as hard as I can and go all out. Um, I think another really cool thing was just the freedom that comes uh, with with Jesus being our identity, you know, as, as his children. Um, it's just, I, could, I could go play without fear of failure, which was really hard to to kind of get to that place because it is always there. Um, but but just going out and, and not worrying whether I'm going to mess up or not, um, mistakes come. But again, like if my value is not being derived from there, I'm going to want to do my best. Um, but but I don't have to fear that my whole value system or my, my worth is going to go down with a bad performance. Um, so it just really frees you up to, to play and have fun. Um, and then I, I always... Uh, my dad, ever since I played my first Little League game to my last NFL game, would always tell me a few things uh, on, on how to just, like, play through the lens of faith, right? And the first was um, go out there and play, like, wholeheartedly. Um, and that, that's what I was saying as Christians. Like, we, we work hard, we get after it, because we're worshiping the Lord. Um, the second thing was just being an encouraging, awesome teammate, uh, Again, like we're called to, to love others well, especially our teammates. Like we should be encouraging them, building them up, helping them get better, um, really being a team player. And then the final thing was just playing in a way that, that honors God, which is kind of that big, like what does that really look like, which we're, we're scratching at a little bit. But um, yeah, you know, th- those three things were how I measured my success. Did I do those three things? Not did I, you know, get a sack? Did, I, did we win? Did we do this? But that was the, always the first question. Hey, did you do those three things? Um, we can talk about how to get better in the other areas, but those three things um, were what you know I could really hold my hat on at the end of the day. Those are awesome things and things to remember. Uh, I'm going to write those down to be able to share with others. But I'm wondering, just like on a practical kind of thought, was there a moment where you felt like you did it well? And was there a moment where you felt like, man, I really... 
I'm like, I'm off. Like I, I'm missing this. I'm misplacing my identity. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think towards the, it's, it's, it's interesting actually at the end of my career at Michigan, um, I worked my way up into to being a dependable starter where my reputation was, he's dependable. He doesn't make mistakes. He's going to get the job done. Um, and, and that slowly started to become my identity more than when I first got there. Um, but towards like my senior year, I found myself worrying before games, not having as much fun as, as I should have been or as I used to, um, and, and just having this fear of failing. Um, and I, like, I think during, I didn't notice it as much, but looking back right after I graduated, I was like, that just wasn't a fun end of the season. I was just, I was always worrying. I, I was playing it like scared, not trying to you know make awesome plays, but just trying not to mess up. And I think that stemmed from, yeah, not, not wanting to lose my identity of being a dependable player on, on this team I was on. Um, and it, it crippled my play, but also like mentally it was just not fun. It was a lot of worry. And thankfully, yeah, I had the opportunity to, to play with the Ravens and having time to just kind of take a look at that last year of football at Michigan. Um, just dove, dove into God's word and really just remembered who I was in Christ that, you know, even if I did fail in, in front of all these fans or people, um, that nothing changed about who I was. Um, I, I was able to go into the Ravens and just fly around. I think it was one of the most fun years of football I had. Everyone thought I was going to fail. Um, but I ended up just having a blast. And wh- whether I made the team or not, it was like, this is just such a fun opportunity God's given me. Um, and so that, that those just seemed like pretty opposite ends. And it was later on in my in my athletic career, so it's it's just so easy to get um, to develop some of those thoughts. Yeah, I think yeah, like you're saying, that idea of fear of failing, like that was a big place. I think like the enemy was clearly trying to distract you or pull you away from your true identity. And I think like each of us have those specific lies the enemy speaks to us specifically about about our identity, about who we are, about how we perform. And I think sometimes those lies almost counteract like the most true things the Lord says about us. Um, And I think as believers, we all have like a clearly laid out identity, um, a birthright, um, just things about us clearly laid out in scripture. And I think the Lord can even just specifically highlight some of those things to us. So I'm kind of wondering like for you guys is there anything like specific to either of your identities uh, that you think the Lord has highlighted or even how he has highlighted pieces of your identity to you I think obviously in his word sometimes through people yeah you know Brennan as you were talking and Abby as you were kind of reflecting I thought of this verse from Philippians which um, says rejoice in the Lord always again I will say rejoice the Lord let your gentleness be evident at all the Lord is near Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. But then it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about these things. And I I think about identity and you were talking about lies and you're talking about this idea of focusing on failure or focusing on whatever lies that you told yourself, Abby, or whatever the lies I told myself. 
Um, but focusing on what is true about who we are, you know, Brennan is birthright or me is beloved or whatever those, those true things are about ourselves that, that God has kind of innately made in us. I mean, we are, uh, made in God's image created for his good works. And when we forget that is that when we start to define ourselves based on, these other things. Well, I'm good based on how well I played soccer, how many goals I scored, or um, how many minutes I got on the field or not. Um, and Or what my coach thinks about me or how well that relationship is with my coach or with my teammates. We define ourselves by so many different things. So the things that I try to focus on are what people um, over my life have reaffirmed in me that are true about me. Um, I think about, uh, you know, whether you take a personality assessment or whether you take a class, you know, I look back at my story and what are the things that keep coming up in my story about who I am? There are themes. When you write your story back, themes come up. Well, this is who you are. It's not about just performance, but it's about, oh my gosh, that is that is a very kind person or that person. Wow. The Lord has really gifted them with the ability to uh, use words to share the gospel or whatever those things are about are true about me. I try to focus on the true things rather than how other people try to define me in the boxes they put me into. For me, I've seen like, like one lie that I guess I face maybe more than others is just the idea of rejection. And so I think one of like the core, I know one of the core truths of my identity is that I'm accepted in Christ and chosen by him. But yeah, it's really interesting how those lies comes up, come up and the way people define us or the way the things we do define us. And yeah. Yeah. And I think something the Lord has been teaching me so, like more so than ever before uh, from where I'm at right now uh, is just how we think about and handle weakness. Um, and in a right sport, like you hide weaknesses, you don't show it, you focus on your strengths. You're put in a position that best demonstrate your strengths, you know, um, and to like have weakness is, is to be like, is to lose or to be a loser. Right. Um, but Paul says like, I boast in my weaknesses cause that's when Christ will use me when I, when I'm not relying on my own strength and, um, yeah, I don't know. Like we're we're humans, and the Bible says we're, we make mistakes, but we try so hard to cover those up and to present ourselves as the best we can be, so that others see us in a positive light, um, so others don't see us as weakness. And I've realized when when I do that, when we do that, we miss out on God coming down into like a very vulnerable place in our heart mm-hmm. and and speaking like you were talking about truth into that. Um, healing that and saying like it's okay to make mistakes because I have covered every single one that you've made and that you're going to make going forward right um, and like I said earlier like nothing's changing that and and so when we try to cover them up on our own and put our strongest selves forward we miss out on God really speaking into the deepest depths and cracks of our heart um, that he still covered those areas and yeah I've just been learning that like when I acknowledge my weaknesses and, and pray and ask Jesus to to come into those and, and help me, that that's when I see him do like awesome stuff and, and growth in my life. Not when I try to just knock it out and work hard at it on my, my own strength, you know. 
in some ways that feels counterintuitive, like, right, to acknowledge your weakness. Because um, in this world, uh, weakness is viewed as a way if, if you show your weakness that you're giving a leg up for the other person to be able to win, to beat you. Um, but God's kingdom, the way Jesus did things was just so different. It flipped everything on its head. Um, you know, we don't show weakness because of the fear of failure, because of the fear of rejection, because when you get on the field and you show your weakness, that may cut your playing time. So, um, man, I am so curious uh, about this idea of how you live freely like we were talking about, you live freely in an athletics realm. How do you play free, show weakness, <laughs> and then still be excellent in what you do? How, how, do, how, how do we attain that? And that's something I'm thinking about. How do we have a proper uh, perspective and identity and yet still be excellent in sport? Yeah, that, that's... That's a great question, and that's something I think I'm, I've been learning. Learning have, have not done well much, but I, I think something like just staying rooted to, like you were saying, like the truth that is in the, the Word um, and the truth that, that the Lord gives in the Spirit that He's given us, just uh, not getting off track because the world is going to try to pull us back to, to that fear of failure, to, to hiding your weaknesses as much as it can. So if we're not... Uh, taking in the Lord's truth, it's going to be really tough to stick to that, to, to thrive and to really learn how to how to do that in our sport or really in, in any areas of life. Um, so what, you know, whether that's a community that is okay to express their weaknesses with each other, be vulnerable to each other, um, and a community that's always reminding each other um, of the truth of the Lord and, and diving into the word in time with the Lord and prayer and, and other things, I think it's just so important to so yeah, to at least have that in your head because the world's going to put everything else it can in it to replace that. I like what you said too, Matt, about taking time and reflecting like on those things the Lord's highlighted on the identity he's given you. And, you know, maybe it's like writing it out, an identity statement or whatever it takes to like flood yourself with that, with those ideas daily, um, be reminded of those truths daily, being in the word, being grounded daily. Um, because yeah, the, the world's speaking very loudly all the time. And if we're not, you know, you don't just hear identity once, but it's the idea of daily being reminded and, and living it out and reflecting and yeah. I'm also thinking about, you know, my sport soccer, which, uh, you know, you, you can tell pretty easily if someone is one-footed in soccer. So right foot, left foot, they're hiding that. And so there's two ways you can approach that. You can always go to your dominant foot or in practices, you can continually work on your off foot and you can continually make that better. Uh, maybe in a game you start to move towards it. Um, but uh, I, I, I just think about that idea that covering our weaknesses which we do also often in life we put on masks we, we try to cover so that people will not uh, reject us because so that people accept us so that we can belong so that we can be loved um, what if we were to actually own our weaknesses so that they're exposed but then we can work on them and start to to get better start to allow other people into the healing process of that ask a coach you know 
Hey, how, what can I work on on my left foot? What can I do? Like, so maybe those are some of the ways uh, to grow as well, rather than cover it, invite others into it so that we can get grow in the midst of that as well. I think this has been an awesome conversation about identity. <laughs> no, it's awesome. This is great. Thanks, Abby. Um, I, I want to thank Brennan uh, for coming in and sharing your thoughts. Abby, did you have any last thoughts um, as we close up today? Yeah, I'm so glad you were able to come in and share some awesome wisdom with us, Brennan. Um, I just love your points on freedom, finding that freedom in Christ, allowing that to come out in your play and literally in every other aspect of our lives. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been awesome. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening today. We hope you'll join us next week on Train to Endure. Bye, everyone. Bye.